This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. This is Linda Tuck-Chapman, president of Ontala Performance Solutions and author of Third-Party Risk Management, Driving Enterprise Value. The book is published by Risk Management Association and is available on Amazon beginning in April 2018. And RMA has also published uh, one of the chapters on strong risk culture as a two-part article in their March and April editions of the RMA Journal. This is an overview of Part 1, Building a Strong Third-Party Risk Management Culture. When Greg Carmichael took the helm as president and CEO of Fifth Third Bank in late 2015, he powered the institution's risk management practices on a journey of transformation. In his words, the year of go-go growth at any cost are well behind us. As banks came out of the financial crisis, Carmichael saw that many of them are struggling. Many of them didn't survive the insurmountable shortfalls in capital and liquidity, and of those that did survive, some won't make it in the long run. And the predominant reason is misalignment between their business model and the current environment. So leaders everywhere are recalibrating the direction of their institution as it fits in the sector. As Greg says, Greg Carmichael says, senior leadership seems to have a mindset of being strong in every cycle, strong in good times and strong under adverse conditions. So if you look back through, through history, there was a 2014 study uh, published by the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis, and they revealed in their study that governance practices may not be as critically dependent on direct expenditures as they are on the ability of management boards and audit committees and internal auditors to work together to properly focus oversight and attention. And the larger banks do have an edge on edge focusing their attention more efficiently. These practices are collectively called tone at the top. Now, you probably know that compliance and risk management are absolutely not interchangeable terms, and investments in compliance-related activities and processes may not translate into sound risk management practices. So what makes the difference? What has been found is that effective risk management is reliant on a strong risk culture, communicated through tone at the top and good corporate governance. So uh, to quote the OCC, among the elements of a strong risk culture and effective tone at the top are, one, a strictly enforced code of ethics that applies to everyone, two, open and candid communications throughout the organization, three, clear lines of authority and responsibility, four, transparency, and five, strong internal controls. Now, when you translate this into third-party risk management, effective third-party risk management can only be achieved where there is a risk-centric tone at the top a corporate culture that is combined with a sufficient investment in expertise, processes, tools, experienced people who work well together, and sufficient time invested by senior management and the board in governance activities. So without effective execution, appropriate action when things happen, such as issues and incidents and deficiencies, risk management is strictly an academic exercise. Fred Carmichael recommends analyzing the effectiveness of prevention and detection practices and their effect on loss events and realized losses over time. The insight gained from trend analysis should be incorporated into risk management practices to strengthen or decrease controls in in accordance with their effectiveness. Greg Carmichael also believes that assessing the results of each institution's risk management practice rather than focused on comparative practice and how they are documented in peer institutions is the best way for examiners to determine an institution's safety and soundness. 
So we also know that many financial institutions, or most, rely on a core group of third parties to deliver critical services domestically and internationally. This creates both institution-specific and systemic concentration risk. They also buy and sell services to each other and rely on financial market utilities, intermediaries, and many of the same third parties. You can see this is not just vendors. It really is everything that makes the, uh, uh, the system works. And all of these together create systemic risk. So this is also something you should consider in your third-party risk management program. So you also have to take, take into account the CFPB, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. They have tremendous power. Over 100%, actually 100% of cases reported in their fiscal year 2014-15 were resolved in favor, uh, in its favor through litigation settlements, issuance of default judgments, and other means. And there's no court of appeals. Now, it does remain to be seen what will happen with the CFBB in the future, but there's a lot of overhang here between the regulators and the CFBB and all, and basically all your customers. So think about what you really need to put in place. You need to invest. You need to put in place a strong three lines of defense model uh, that allows you to have appropriate accountability for the management of operational risk. The three lines of defense structure is one really good way to achieve it. So if you're familiar, the, the first line of defense is really the business. And in Greg Carmichael's words at Fifth Third, the first line is 100% accountable for risk, really as it should be. And so the second line of defense really is all of those risk experts who are there to provide all the guidance that's required to put a strong uh, perimeter in place, to put the right controls in place, and to provide oversight and governance. And of course, the third line of defense is there to provide the audit function. So collectively, they'll support senior management and the board and bring together uh, a very strong risk management culture. So really what you need to know is that tone of the top starts and ends with senior management and board engagement. And, you, and basically is supported by purpose-built third-party risk management oversight committees. But when it comes right down to it, you really do need to make a good investment in third-party risk management, the right people, processes, and technology in order to get there. And in the long run, we could argue that if you do this well, that's really a source of value because effective third-party management is simply good business. Thank you for joining me today, and I welcome you to listen to other podcasts presented by RMA.